On the sixth night of Christmas, my golf game gave to me random playing partners. Hello, welcome again to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, and on this mini-episode, I'm going to talk about something that can absolutely make or break a round of golf, and that is the randomly assigned playing partner. Not talking about your regular foursome or guys you know from the club or from the league. Talking about uh, when you show up either as the random single, the people that you're paired with, or if you show up as a two-ball or three ball, what people may be paired with you against your will. Uh, more times than not, it is fine. Golfers, there's kind of a, a kindred spirit, a brotherhood or sisterhood of people that just want to play the game, and it goes perfectly fine. But every once in a while, there is the extraordinary playing partner that I would contend more than course conditions, more than good or bad architecture, more than whether you have your A game or your F game out there, a playing partner can make or break a round of golf. Uh, you know, a normal partner, someone that is easy or comfortable to be around, whether you know them or have met them for the first time, that person or people that you're paired with allow for unlimited possibilities, good and bad, but mostly good. Someone that is conversant, but not over the top, maybe less eccentric, um, just what you'd describe as a normal golfer, those people are fun to play with. Um, and they constitute the vast majority of people that I think most people will find themselves paired up with. But a bad or annoying golf partner can absolutely destroy a round of golf. I think more so than any other variable to the golf experience. You know, I used to travel for golf more so than I do now, um, but that means I was often the random single. Now, to my, to my own kind of psychosis, I tried to schedule things um, so that I could go it alone. I go at go to courses at times when there wasn't a rush, when they weren't necessarily the most popular, so that I could go it alone. That way I could snap my pictures for the blog, I could take my time, I could have my blow-up moment and hit seven balls from the same spot until I got it right or ran out of balls, usually the latter. Um, but that was difficult and not always possible, especially at popular vacation destinations or popular golf courses. Um, and I bring this up because in our, our recent family travels, I got paired up with an all-timer the other day. Guy, The guy, to his credit, he absolutely meant well but had as little self-awareness on the golf course as anyone I've seen or played with in a very long time. And what's ironic to me, what makes it almost unforgivable, is that the guy was an assistant golf pro. He's aspiring to be in the golf business. And that was one of the longest 13-hole rounds of my life. I mean, we got wiped out by rain um, after you know, dinner, the dinner bell and the rain coincided it's like somebody gave me some relief it, it was also you know basically a mercy killing on the round um the the kid nice enough kid but he wanted to tell me everything cool that he'd ever done and ever happened to his life which once he told the full story basically boiled down to he's very lucky that his dad is a very successful professional and had opened a lot of doors for him um when he did stop talking 
I mean, I had to repeat things two or three times for her to get it. I don't know if he was a little hard of hearing or just not paying attention or what. I was happy to make conversation with him, but it was, I mean, Lee Trevino couldn't have got a word in with this kid. It was laborious and just nonstop chatter, which frankly just isn't my thing on a golf course. You know, I can't decide kind of if the, if the good partners or the bad partners are more memorable. Uh, the bad ones, as much as I'd like to eject the memories immediately upon reaching the parking lot, they tend to stick with me and tend to make for better stories. I'll give you a couple examples. Some of you longtime listeners may be familiar with this. The all-time bad partner is not even somebody I got paired with. But the as part of our guys' trip to Sand Valley last year, the first th- we have we were made up of three groups of three, so nine players total. And the first group out, which we were first in the morning, Marco, guy, this this random person, Marco. Um, again, not even in my group. We were behind this group, but the pain that he caused radiated throughout our group, and he's now kind of immortalized. On the first tee, he said he, I think, I don't know if he said hi or just kind of nodded and acknowledged, but the starter told us he was with the, the group, was going out with the first group. He put on his Beats by Dre headphones on the first tee, and he didn't take them off until the 18th green. So he was different he was in his own little world and totally unaware they say he changed driver shafts three or four times uh, during his round and shot every bit of 120 on the widest golf course on the planet so that had to just be an absolute killer for group morale and and pace of play you know i have vivid memories of some others i played with some old boy at quail chase in louisville south louisville um i mean he fit he fit a couple of stereotypes Jeans, uh, a Dale 3 hat, NASCAR sunglasses, and you'll never convince me with all the arguing in the world that he wasn't, a, a, he didn't commit some kind of domestic violence at some point in his life. The way he talked about his, his family, his ex-wife, I mean, prototypical temper, not commensurate with his talent. Just uh, thank God he quit after nine holes because the, the guy I was with, I mean, we just kept looking at each other. It, it was getting worse and worse with each passing shot. Just the the amount of pent-up anger this guy had over, I don't know, man, he's out there playing golf. But I was hoping that would have relaxed him. Um, I did have the privilege once of playing with a Pulitzer Prize winner, uh, a Pulitzer Prize winning cartoonist. And we discovered after about a hole or two that that man was in the exactly right profession for him. The snarky bitching and moaning was absolutely what he was best at in life, almost comically so. I don't know if the, the man found the career or the career made the man, um, but that was that was an experience for that 18-hole uh, round. You know, I, I've been stuck with any number of painfully slow turtles, um, and that's always a challenge. You get somebody that may be a little oblivious to pace of play, but that can be forgiven and that can be corrected. You know, most times when, if something is said, people will put in a good fourth effort to, to pick up the pace of play. I do remember one tournament I played in, one KGA event. I got paired up with some hothead college kid. I played college golf at a smaller school. And you wouldn't know it by what he wrote, what he showed on the course or wrote on a scorecard. Just, I mean, everything that didn't go his way was a blow-up kind of just an angry edge for no reason you know if I hadn't driven an hour plus to get to that course I probably would have walked off I mean it was just 
it was bad, just uncomfortable. So those are the kind of things that have that have stuck with me over the years. But at the same time, I've had a lot of I've been very fortunate and had a lot of good playing partners. Um, some of them I even have turned into friends, people I keep up with on social media or through text, email, phone calls, just other correspondence. I remember very vividly playing my first round in Hawaii years ago with a couple that they they brought their clubs on every vacation. And that's how they saw the world. They just went and played together. And I thought of, in that moment, I thought that is completely aspirational. That is something at some point I hope to share with my family, with my wife, just to be out there, just having fun, enjoying good weather together. Uh, I was fortunate in Vegas to meet the unofficial mayor of the Paiute Golf Club, uh, Jeff out there, who I still keep up with on Twitter. Um, We had a, a shared love of Pete Dye and Michigan golf courses, so it's been fun to turn him from a, a, a random pairing into a, a friend. Um, you know, I had a, I was one of a dream foursome at Farm Neck up in Martha's Vineyard last year. I got to play with uh, Lloyd, Bill, and Elliot, and just to be able to walk with them and be part of the, the storytelling that went on for that 18-hole that walk was just incredible. That's something uh, I'll never forget. You know, I'm I say all of this, and I set this up just to say I'm not a golf snob. You know, the the least important quality in a playing partner is their golfing ability. No one cares what I shoot, and no one cares what you shoot either, you know, unless it's some kind of competition and you're my teammate. It's all about attitude and etiquette, and really more than that, just awareness. Um, and sometimes what's not said instead of what's said. You know, there are plenty of rounds that I play that when they end and I shake hands, I genuinely mean that it was a pleasure playing with you. That's the vast, vast majority of rounds. And I think that's why maybe all, the all-time bad ones, the handful of just really awful playing partners, the never-againers, um, just stick out in the memory. Because for the most part, people that play golf are all there to have a good time, to enjoy the experience, unless they're just miserable old codgers that you know just need something to be mad about. Golf provides plenty of fodder for those people um maybe it says something more about me that i remember those awkward and bad experiences more that they stick out um i i'm fine i've made peace with the fact that i use those for entertainment fodder uh you know lord knows back when i used golf as an extreme as an excuse to to maybe drink hard for a few hours i'm sure i'm somebody's nightmare pairing that they still hate and i'm on some never again list sorry if you're listening by the way um, you know, golf is a game for everyone, and maybe I should be a little stronger mentally to, um, a little stronger mentally than allowing a playing partner to have any effect on my game or my enjoyment. It definitely could be a me problem. I just think that, you know, it's a little remarkable for me how many random golfers I can actually remember how many faces. Not so much the names, but how many faces and how many experiences I can remember when I dial up the old mental Rolodex of, of courses and experiences. So um, I guess I would leave you at this point with the thought, be a good golf partner when you get the chance. And it's really simple. Show up, keep up, even be willing to pick it up when necessary. All right, you guys enjoy and I'll talk to you tomorrow.
I think Polo at the old course may have been the best random bastard pairing I've ever experienced. If just for the the fact that I got to watch him wail on a ball as hard as he could on the road hole and hit one over the old course hotel into the parking lot on the other side of the hotel and just the absolute shock and horror that it filled our group, especially our caddies with, that is a moment that lives in infamy that it's been immortalized within our group for sure and on this podcast and so with that it reminds me that there's always hope you always could see something memorable every time out with a random golfer